Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello world, Shelley Rose Shearer here and welcome to the show. Today I have a very special guest that I think you're going to find fascinating. Dr. April Brown is a licensed mental health Christian counselor, board certified telemental health provider, national certified counselor, Florida certified sex therapist, and a qualified clinical supervisor. She has a bachelor's degree in business a master's in specialty degree in counseling and human systems and a doctoral degree in counseling psychology and has been in the field since 1997. She hosts her own podcast called Bringing Intimacy Back, where she invites other intimacy experts on the show to provide resources and tips on increasing intimacy in all types of relationships. She has also released her first ebook and it is now on Amazon Kindle called Improving Intimacy. Dr. April, welcome to the show. Welcome. I love being here. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's my pleasure. So let's just dive right into it because you are my first guest on this particular subject. I talk a lot about high functioning habits and being very high functioning in your life. And I truly believe sexuality and intimacy is a large part of that. It is part of who we are as human beings. So how do you, with all of your knowledge and experience, how do you define intimacy? Intimacy is being truly present, authentic, genuine. And when I mean being truly present, it's your present body, mind, spirit, and soul. Mm, okay. Which very much lacks in this day and age, doesn't it? Being present. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And being genuine and authentic. I look at intimacy in the sense of being intimate with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, feeling those true emotions and feelings and free flow of thought, but being truly present and appreciating yourself. Also intimacy with your higher power. Yes. Letting that flow through. And of course, being intimate with the people around you. So this doesn't always mean, of course, most people think of just sex. Mm -hmm. But being truly present, you know, with your um, partner and lover and all that, truly present, but also being truly present with your kids. Being truly present with your partners. (laughs) With the community, you know, having an intimate relationship with your community. So um, in my seven book series, I cover all of those aspects. Okay. So would would these, what you would describe as the different types of intimacy, the self and the higher self and the versus just that sexual component? Yes. Yes. But within those um, types of intimacy, you know, with different entities, there's also different forms of intimacy. Of course, there's sexual, there is communication, Mm -hmm. you know. Sometimes um, I work a lot with couples. Okay. (laughs) And couples, sometimes when you hit a touchy topic, they get triggered. Yes. You know, and they go off topic or they get so emotional that they feel like they're being attacked, but they're not truly present. In communication, you're truly present. And is that kind of an underlying thing you find that's very consistent in your practice? Yes, that sometimes people get what I call flooded. What do you mean? When you get get flooded, and it's also um, 
Gottman talks about this. I'm also um, Gottman certified. But when you get flooded, that means those emotions go up here mm -hmm. and either you're, um, you disconnect. So some okay. people disconnect, but they just blabble a, a lot of stuff up. You know what I'm saying? You did this, you did that, yada, yada, a lot of criticism. Other people disconnect and they completely just shut down. Mm, yes. I've experienced that in my own life and relationships. I would, the husband I am with now, cause I have been married twice. Uh, I met yeah. him at 35. My first one was like 21 years of age, that typical, I was young and there was a baby involved right. and, and whatever, <laughs> but I've been with my husband now for 23 years and he is a shut downer. Okay. And I'm a, right. so it was, yeah, so I'm a huge communicator, but that also means that when I, before I got myself healed, that means I was also communicating a lot of negativity because I do talk. And like you say, I kind of, you, I, in the past, I have spewed is the term I like to use because it, that's not helpful and it's not present. It's just reactive. Right, right. And so when you notice that you're flooded, usually your heart rate goes boom, 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 boom. Some people have pains in the chest, in the back, whatever, headaches, throat, chest is up. It is your job to say, honey, I uh, would like to take a timeout or however you guys say it, mm -hmm. you know? Take a time out and it's your job to calm yourself down. It's not your partner's job. It is your job to calm yourself down. I like that I, ownership. <laughs> yeah. I teach people about timeouts. Uh, they do have to have a time limit because we're not stonewalling where we don't talk for days. Right. Uh, but how you go is each take people take timeouts, just like they do in football, basketball. <laughs> calm yourself down. And then we come back in. To okay. Yes. There's some place I want to go a little further with that, but I do want to touch touch into some of like what you talk about when couples have lost that connection. How do you handle that? Like sort of out of the gate, because there's always going to be a starting point. Is it just, right. you know, we both coach. So I understand, you know, when I'm dealing with my own, with my own um, uh, clients, what we do a year from now is so different than what I'm talking to them about and getting them to talk to me about in that first week or two. So how do you start that process or define that when a couple has lost that connection? Because I've experienced in my you know, 20 years, we're very different people. I experienced it myself. And uh, how do you start that? Okay. Besides doing the timeout thing, one of the things I also do is a Gottman assessment, which looks at about 89 aspects of a relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. I also, in my practice, I meet with each individual separately. Besides together, I meet with them separately to understand their backstory. Okay. So as a relationship and sex therapist, I see it's my job not to solve their problems, but to help them see each other. Okay. I like that. Yes. So when I see the assessment for many couples, sometimes that disconnect um, is another form of intimacy that's really has to be talked about is that emotional piece how so what do you mean by the emotional piece the feelings you know um mm -hmm. maybe but it's teaching them what their feelings are using a feeling wheel you know but if you start off instead of you arguing over um dishes or particular detail start off with the feelings so uh like i heard today <clears throat> Uh, one of my clients, and I'm only working with the guy, but he was saying that um, his girlfriend was falling asleep and stuff, and he knew he wasn't feeling well, and he was visiting her house, okay? So he saw the Christmas tree, and so he made the Christmas tree. He did all the Christmas trees so she could feel better when she wake up. Okay. She wakes up, 
Um, and she said, oh, you know, and he's like, I got it supplied. And she goes, I hope it's not the Christmas tree. <gasps> and she, and he did it. Yeah. And she blew up. She was so upset. She goes, she, because she, in her mind, she thought this was, um, a thing for them to do together. Oh, okay. And so he went into all the detail about how he cleaned and did 50 million things. And I reminded him which is what I say to other men, is that <laughs> the first thing a woman says is the most important. Okay. And she and had said, you know, I wish we had done this together. You know, it was our yeah. thing to do as a couple, not for yeah. you to do for me. Yes, yes. And if he had just said, hey, babe, I'm sorry. You know, I understand how, you know, this was something we both, you wanted us both to do. And how can I help? It would have, you know, stopped a three-hour. <laughs> did he go into defend mode of his actions? Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He says, I did it because you were sick, and I also cleaned the house, and you did this. And, and why are you so upset? Because I took my time. You know, he went into this whole big. Right, of course. Yeah. I do I do have to laugh when I, I, I followed Dr. John Gray for a long time, right since I was younger, you know, with the men for Mars, women for Venus, and love yes. languages. And I take a little bit from all of it. But right. that, what you said right there was the most important. The first thing she says, she was hurt because it was about what we do together. Right. doesn't matter that you did it for me. I mean, it does <laughs> in the big, first, objectively looking in for us with no emotion right. attached right. to that situation or right. relationship. Right. Right. So Sounds all taken. great and reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting take. And I've been there again, like I say, in my own we life. All- we all have because it's women we talk and talk and talk and talk and the guy responds back to the last thing and oh. teach him, remember that's the first thing not this whole other stuff that she said but there's a psychological um study they did years ago that when you kind of want to sway someone so for instance i've got three things of three different colors right nine times out of ten they prove that the last color you mentioned is the one the person will take exactly it's just it's almost like just a, a, a reaction, even though it says yellow's my favorite color. But if someone said, I've got this plate, Shelly, to give you, would you like the yellow, the red, or the blue one? I'll take the blue one. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so isn't it funny? It's almost like psychologically and our limiting beliefs and our just in our own minds, what we bring to the table and think is the most important. And clearly your job is teaching them that that's not. Right, right. Because studies have shown that um, one of the main reasons why people separate and get divorced is mm-hmm. because they feel lonely. Yes. And loneliness doesn't mean that you're by yourself, but it means you're sitting in a room with someone and you're not connecting. Exactly. And it was yeah. probably for myself and my husband, and I almost separated a few years ago. That's exactly, you couldn't have described it better how I felt. I was lonely in my marriage. Right. I think if I wanted to live with a stranger, I'll live by myself. <laughs> Right, right, right. And so the emotional intimacy is really like the glue to help couples see each other and feel that connection. Okay. So this is a little bit blunt, but when they've lost that connection, and the second question is about, you know, say someone has, because I run into this now a lot with women my age, right. and the, if the menopause thing with the no desire oh. for sex and no energy for it, right. and a lot of very angry husbands about it. But when we talk to start it off, though, when you say to have that intimate connection, can sex be that intimate connection? Or is it really truly needs to be left down the line after there's been communication and various other things? What is your take on all that? 
So this is all tied together, okay? Excellent. So, <laughs> sex, I see it as a playground. Okay. You know, and um, many women don't, sometimes don't see it that way. They say it's an obligation or whatever. But many times flip on the other side from the man's point of view, he just wants to play. Mm -hmm. He just wants to play with the woman. Yes. And many times he'll say, you know, it's really not about the full orgasm. I just want to play. I just want my attention. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes absolutely. So, I understand. Yeah. So if we look at it as play, instead of, you know, oh my gosh, we got to do X, Y, Z. And with that play, putting in that emotional piece, yeah, then it becomes so um, intimate, connecting. Yes. You know, sex is not a tool, you know, or it's not like if, you know, if you give me this, then I give you that. It should not be used as a bargaining Good. tool. Whatsoever. Thank for you mentioning that, because I see that happen in a lot of people's marriages, especially as they get older. And yes, like, yes. Mm. So if you don't have energy for sex, which is fine, um, sometimes it means you're not even having energy for yourself. Yes. You're not even fully present. So, of course, if you're not fully present and you've got 50 million things, and um, I'm 50 also, so we're in menopause and variety of other stuff. Then when you have sex, it may even hurt. Yes. Yeah, of course. Because there's actual like, physical things that need to be might might, you know, you're gonna have to go visit the sex shop and get a little lube. Yeah, I'm yeah. rather blunt about some of these things. So you were the yes. perfect guest for me. Um, yes, it's like there find an answer. Right, just, right. And lube helps. But if you're not present and you're just let your body's laying there, yeah, no. It's not going to, yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yes. Or I if agree. you don't even yeah. like your body. You know, many women, women have that self shame or they say the vagina, if I can say that word, <laughs> is, why not? <laughs> is dirty or whatever. And so then you understand why am I having problems with sex? Mm. Well, you're telling your body, which you don't even like to do something that you have a negative thing. It's so much negativity, negativity. And this is in um, multiplication where negativity types. Negativity is positive. This is just addition. Negativity plus negativity is more negativity. So do you deal with that in your practice? The fact that just taking it, rolling it back and for the woman starting with her connection, because man, I can relate to that for a woman that had an eating disorder out of her teens because of a, a bad sexual experience, um, but, an abusive sexual experience. Then when I was very young, then went into an eating disorder. And then because a huge Christian background and my listeners all kind right. of know this story, backstory about me, I'm a very sexual person, but I was right. just all the rules and regulations and the shutdowns and the guilt. It was like, I might as well have been Catholic. Which I'm married to one. And, um, and it took years to get over that and to just even yes. love my body for what it is and to be okay with my sexuality. It was given to me. It's natural. I enjoy right. it. Thank you very much. And quit apologizing right. for it. So do you find, do you, do you have to deal with that in your practice? Oh, yes. Like right yes. out of the gate? Yes, yeah, right out of the gate. Well, when you make an appointment, you're going to get a sexual history thing from me okay. that's a lot to fill out. But that's why I also meet with each individual separately mm -hmm. so I can understand how they saw relationships going up, how were they view sex going up, what messages were taught to them. Yeah, and so many times you're if you're in session with me, you're going to hear me say about the little girl and the little boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and helping you guys see each other. How do you feel a little bit of a segue? So where does porn and that kind of stuff come into this situation? Because we're just sort of getting some fingers into here, this intimacy issue. And it's like you say, we have issues as women right. because we are raised with so much stuff of limiting beliefs. I like to call them that it's just, you've right. got to let that stuff go. I chose this body right. when I came into this life. And if I don't love it, it's going to not work for me. It's kind right. of my belief structure now. Um, I don't mind a good dirty novel every now and then it kind of gives me, right. inspires me some just for some good ideas yes. to spice things up. But I'm also much older and understand the reality of a, of a relationship versus when I was younger, I was allowed to read Harlequin romances from the age of 14, 12, yes. 13 onwards. Oh, <laughs> worst thing my mother ever could have allowed me to do. Cause I just had a fantasy about the white yeah, knight. And read, what... I read a lot of things and I would just pick books up on my, from my mother and just read them. She didn't know what I was reading. So I was reading a lot of stuff very you too yeah way too young Re really way too young <laughs> yeah. so what is your professional opinion on that kind of stuff and the influence so, it has to our lives right so remember I said that uh, I don't feel like I and my job is to solve their problem is help them see each other mm -hmm. but sometimes it's helping them see themselves first so for some people who are really really um I've met some people who've been addicted to porn I mean, they've been watching constantly. When right. you pull back the layers, you know, um, either they saw their their mother with a lot of people much younger. Ah, okay. They were exposed very young to porn. Yes. And so it just became this thing in their head. And as we know, our brains, um, especially when we're younger, it's it soaks up. Yes. We're sponges. Yes. Yes. So they had this, this, this image in their head. And then when it comes to sex, they're very in and out. They don't even know how to be intimate. You know what intimate. I'm saying? That's right. They're not connected to the act. They're not connected to the act. Sex is very fast, you know, four or five minutes, ding dong. Yeah. So hmm. um, it's working in that aspect. But then there's others who like porn for a variety of reasons, or maybe they just watch a little bit here and there, or having couples, um, do sexy videos for their partners. <laughs> that could be very so, appealing to some people, especially. Yeah, yes. Um, what? Who's more? Which one was it again? Men or women are more visual. The other one's more tactile. Uh, yeah, men are, men are very visual. Right. I mean, can sometimes um, masturbate without even looking at anything. Oh, Men, many times they have to look at something to masturbate. Yes, of course. You know what I'm saying? Sperm count, tests, all that jazz is all done in a room with a dirty magazine. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. So it's I don't um, need a dirty magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, neither do I. But I mean, women, men are very visual. Okay. Yes. So it's helping the couple decide because they ask, well, do you, you know, I'm a Christian therapist also. Do you think it's wrong? Do you think it's right? I said, this is a discussion you guys have to have. Yes. You're in the relationship. It's not something, yeah. Is that what, really important that uh, them as a team are on the same page? I would think it would be, uh, but I'll let right. you expand on that because yeah, some of us, like I did, was raised with such control that it was very hard to be very open about that. And it took years and therapy to, to kind right. of get there. Right. But I do think you definitely need a discussion. Okay. Not, um, <laughs> I had one woman who put a camera in the bathroom. 
And yeah, while she was getting her nails done, she caught her husband. <laughs> I would not suggest doing that whatsoever. That's just that's just invading privacy. Thank whatsoever. you. Okay, I think that's a little over the line. Plus, if he didn't know about it, that's yeah, yeah he didn't. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's yeah. It's that's so different than a man putting one in the bedroom and recording their sex without her knowledge. I think that's just all. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Okay, you good. Need, <laughs> you need consent, guys. You need consent to record anything. But yes, to have a discussion. Okay. You know, um, if you feel like it's appropriate, if you don't feel like it, if you want to watch it together, you know, yes. What, Excellent. What turns you on? What doesn't turn you on? All of that. I think that's a very important discussion that a lot of couples just don't get into. Why do we have trouble verbalizing what we want? I have no trouble ordering at a restaurant saying, you know, sorry, but I'm just not into that dish right now. But I really want these prawns. And yet we won't have that conversation about our sexual wants. Do you have a theory or experience on like that you can share with us on why specifically that happens so often? Because I think um, for women, we've been trained not to talk about sex. Mm. That sex is bad. Sex is only for marriage. We don't know our bodies. Like men, right. they know their bodies because, you know, the penis is outward. So they've experienced it. They've um, some of them even name it. They have a relationship. <laughs> yes. Like if it's they could pick theirs. Women, we can't. Right. We don't. Yeah. So um, because you were talking about a restaurant, I have a great little thing that I do is I help them talk about their what they like sexually, like if they're at a restaurant. Okay, that's a good one. Like a menu item. <laughs> a minimum, yeah, yeah. So we talk about. The ambience, what kind of ambience do you like? Light, sound, smells, you know, dim light, um, what people are wearing. Then we get into the appetizers, which is your foreplay. You know, the kissing, the fondling. Then we go into the meal, which is the sex. And then also the appetite, I mean, the dessert, mm -hmm. which is, a, you know, what happens, you know, if you like to eat, go to sleep, you know, take a shower. So as I help couples talk about it that way sometimes it's in a little bit easier method i like that yes definitely there's more than one course guys this isn't a excuse me yes. to bend over wham bam thank you ma'am um, exactly. this is a two people and yes. i've always been a kind of a firm believer in and in, in dealing with people and just my friends really because i don't coach on, on in this area of life but that is something that I believe needs to be kept alive in a marriage. And, and I'm going to ask you some questions on that because that technically, and it's not, I know it's not for everybody in, in this world, but I believe that is the only person that you should be or get to be intimate with. Like you're, you're married and you're in a, a monogamous relationship. If that gets removed, then who's, who's meeting that need. So it's, and it's an integral part for a lot of people. I think I've heard, you know, like you say, we shut down as women, men, even more so, unless they just don't have a sex drive. So if that just gets in a marriage, just left to the sidelines and it's never addressed, I just don't find that healthy. Right, right. But it's also not only just the physical act of sex, but the intimacy, you know, because mm. I have couples who are um, mostly older of some aspect and they don't really want sex anymore for a variety of things, you know, can't perform, whatever the case yeah. may be, but they want to be intimate. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, through I do. Kids, through hug, through touches, you know, through dancing, Um, you know, at home, just that intimate 
And many times that is the sweet spot. Okay. That's nice. I like that. Now we bring so much of ourselves into our intimate relationships and our marriages. How do you know, how does a person know if they have anxiety or depression? Because as a person that has suffered with it in my life with depression, not anxiety, um, I was aware of it quite young. I have dealt with it both medically and and holistically, but when I am in a place like that, the last thing I want is sex. I can pretty much, I know sometimes it can go the other direction when you've got a sex addict and it's, it's how they, the only way they're they're connecting. But how does a person, when you are dealing with them, do you have signs that you look for? Because I, it, does it play a part anxiety and depression in, in a person's intimate life? Oh yes, yes, yes. And actually um, sex can be a way of helping to decrease those symptoms. Oh, okay. Okay. Really some so hormones? When, <laughs> yeah, when people are depressed, that usually means they have no energy, um, negative thoughts about themselves, mm-hmm. um, depressed mood, um, no motivation. And so sometimes sex can give you that oomph to get motivated, you know? Okay. But many times when you're depressed, you don't even feel good about your own body, mm-hmm. which of course has this negative impact. Those who are anxious, that means that their thoughts are going 50 miles per hour. Right. You know, all the what ifs or the stuff from the past, you're worrying constantly. You're not being present. You're scattered again. Yes, yes, yes. So sometimes um, sex can help you use your other senses to bring you back to the present moment. Okay, fair enough. And so you, you know how and you talked about mindfulness. Yeah. Well, I haven't talked about it, but you know about mindfulness. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. So when you're starting to worry, 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 bringing yourself back to the, your present moment, and you, sometimes your partner can help you with that through different touches, through smells. Oh, okay. Yeah. So almost like a, a, a trigger or a comfort right. connection. Right. Like there's things yeah. that definitely get me in the mood. I hear a certain song and or I smell yeah. something, or my husband puts on his aftershave. It's like, mm, you smell good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I was... yes. So that's using that's using its sense. Yes. Yes, yes. That distracts you. You know, you could be washing dishes and he passes by and you smell and that distract that, you know, worrying whatever you were thinking of when you were washing the dishes. Yeah. And I, I'm usually like, it's like, I don't eat chocolate because I'm allergic to it. But do you remember the little scene in, um, in Frozen where the girls go, mmm, chocolate? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of how I feel when my husband sometimes walks by when he's just gotten ready to go out to work. It's like, oh, your aftershave is fresh. And I think that's a childhood memory for me. I kind of made that connection. My father always wore aftershave, whether it was Old Spice. Oh. When I got older, we, we could afford better. My mom always bought him really nice aftershave. My father never went out of the house and he was a real man's man. He was a trucker, yeah. <laughs> but he was but he was a Christian. And so there was church and church clothes and appropriateness. It was all just part of our, our household and the aftershave. So the fact yeah. that I wear, I'm with a man that wears scent. It's like, to me, that's just all a happy thing for right. me. It brings up great yeah. memories. Awesome. And, and a good feeling. Not that I think mm-hmm. my husband's my father, you know, but it just it's <laughs> in the trigger for me. I was on your website and you have retreats and vacation counseling or something that you do. Talk to us a little bit about that because that would be fun. Yeah. Sometimes it might be hard work, but I still think that would be amazing. So tell me a little bit about that and what got you into that and why you do it and some of the outcomes. Yes. So as you know, I was just talking about how when I see with couples and it may be like, oh my gosh, that's such hard work. 
So what I thought about is many times when you're in couples therapy, you go one week here, one week, every other week, whatever the case may be. And it's Mm -hmm. hard work and all that. What if you take a couple, take them outside of their comfort zone, put them on a vacation where they're nice and relaxed and they're focused on their relationship, not baby X, Y, or Z. Okay. And so that's what we do in vacation counseling. You go to some exotic place. We help you have a vacation and we come to you and it's usually, it's going to be more than one therapist. Sometimes it's two or three therapists and we spend about 16 hours. Wow. Yes. Yes. So I have one kind of retreat where it's one couple at a time where we mm-hmm. spend 16 hours and it's solely with you guys. Okay. Okay. So we help you, um, of course, work on yourself, but we're also right there in an intimate moment where you can just express yourself and we're going to help you. And we do, we do some fun things. Okay. So don't feel like you're just sitting on the couch and you've got to sit there and talk about your feelings 24 <laughs> seven. No, we may play Legos. Um, I'll go, we go out and play basketball. We run around. Um, I may tie you up. It's a whole bunch. Of <laughs> I may tie you up. So, we'll let the listeners can use your imagination on that. Yes, one. yes. It's for <laughs> to the table. We have you fill out forms and stuff. And I see what you like and I listen very carefully. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this would be a great thing. So we help you have fun. Cool. Because many times couples aren't even having fun. And when you're mm. having fun and you're able to relax, then you're able to talk about difficult things. So we take the heat out of the room. Excellent. I like that expression. You take the heat out of the room and yes. not, ne- not necessarily the sexual heat. You're talking about that emotional heat that, pe- that emotional couples get heat. locked into. Right. Right. That just causes people to go, Oh, so we also, besides doing the one couple at a time, we also do groups and we do groups um, in Costa Rica and Jamaica. So we really go on a, a vacation. Nice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we either do, you know, um, zip lining, looking at waterfalls. We have them do activities together that bond them. Okay. So what I've noticed in doing these couples retreats, because it's also intense. So it's not just one hour. We sometimes stay there three or four hours. Our success rate has been about 98% compared to when, um, and I do the weekly, every other week thing. I do that. Okay. (laughs) But it's been so much more effective in these retreats. Plus it's more than one counselor. Sometimes like you say, there's three of us. Mm-hmm. So if one of us catch one thing, don't worry, but when you have six eyes, we're going to catch everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm but- thinking, hmm. <laughs> because someone looking in, it's like looking in a mirror. I always have to laugh when women do their face or their hair and they don't check the back or the sides or like, did you realize you didn't brush back here? Have you, if you looked at the right. back of the outfit, <laughs> I yes. think we do that in our relationships as well. Everything's just in the tunnel. Right. And you guys are the 360. Right. Catching right. all the nuances where we're, you know, how you can turn yourself off. Um, yeah. How does that, how does that psychological thing go? When you buy a BMW, all of a sudden, right. all you notice on the road is BMWs, but you never noticed right. them really before. Uh, right. Same thing. I think we we bring it in. Well, I know because I'm speaking from experience. Uh, if something's triggering me or I've got to focus on something, I'm ignoring everything else because that's what I'm that's what I'm right. caught up I, on. Yeah, and we do a lot of drama too. We do role playing and stuff, and so 
it's interesting. I mean, we sometimes see a couple and we're as counselors, we will role play what what they just said. Yeah. And right. so then you see it and hear it. And you're like, oh my gosh. That would be fascinating. <laughs> it might be a little hard, but I think that would be fascinating. How does the, um, we talk about intimacy because we, you brought it up right at the beginning. It isn't just, you know, the, our bodies and our partners and that sort of thing, but our higher self intimacy with a higher uh, calling and being and how does that affect what goes on in our life? Um, so I have people fill out paperwork and if they say they're spiritual, then I bring up the higher power. Okay. Um, and I, I call them God. So when the higher power is involved and that's your belief system, then if I many times will ask you, so you prayed about certain XYZ, you talked to God and, and you told him everything. I am so curious as what has the higher power said back to you? Mm, many times we, we don't listen. We just talk to God, just, God help this, pray for this, da -da, and then we drop the mic and we leave the room. So if you spend time listening and let's say God says, hey, you need to stay with your wife. You need to, you know, be more patient, do this, do that. Then for me, even as a therapist, I know that's what we really need to work on. And you know, this is where God wants you to be. Okay. And, and that's, that's a strong belief to hang on to when you're trying to fix something or work through something, I think. Right, right, right. And sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes partners are too close to a situation. Mm, okay. So as you said, fix, you know, sometimes um, addictions run a lot in <laughs> these days. Oh, okay. Fair enough. More so than you think in the past? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. And when I see addictions, um, and let me just talk about alcohol addiction, I will sometimes see it as a third party in a relationship. Mm, okay. You know, so if you're a woman and you're drinking Jack Daniels, um, I will say, well, you're having an affair with Mr. Daniels. Okay, because you're going to Mr. Daniels when you're happy, mad, sad, whatever the case may be, but you're not turning towards your husband. Right. And sometimes in the beginning, when we start off, especially in our 20s, it's a threesome. It's me, Jack Daniels, <laughs> my partner and all that. Okay. Threesome, threesome, threesome. Then at some point, Jack Daniels, Mr. Daniels, gonna <laughs> take hold of someone <laughs> and not like the other person. Had to make a note of that. <laughs> I've never heard it described that way, and I like that. Yes. Yeah, so you turn towards the, another thing instead of the partner. Right, right, right. You're upset, you're mad, you're happy for a race, whatever the case may be, you turn to this. And then it, it sometimes does not like your other partner. Got you. Yes. Okay. And so when you say it that way, it um, allows the couple to discuss it versus saying to the woman that I'm just using women as an example. That's fair enough. You know, yeah. Just versus me saying to the woman, you're an alcoholic. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, I don't have a drinking problem. And then all the walls go up. <laughs> yeah. They're protecting that. Yeah. Yeah, but when I said, yeah, I think it's an affair. That is probably the most profound thing. I always love learning something new every day. And that is something I've never considered it from that point of view. And I love that. Absolutely right. love that. Okay. I'm going to go back to sex for just a second uh, with couples. But also when we were talking about a healthy, intimate relationship and our higher power, 
because I was raised, like I say, in a, in a Christian home, and I am a Christian uh, right. and such, but I was raised to believe that masturbation was wrong and a sin. Right. I tell you what my turning point was, was dating a lovely young man that when my son was about three, I dated this fantastic man. And he looked at me one day and he said, well, if you don't know how to pleasure yourself, how are you supposed to help me learn to pleasure you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It caught me. I'd never heard, like I was in my 20s. Right. Uh, I was like, say what now? It changed my perspective completely. And I still have people I know at my age that still believe right. masturbation is a sin. Uh, right. No, I was single for 10 years. Those needs had to be met, people. And God created sex, number yes. one. Yes. And he created sex not only just to have babies, because we would have. Every time you have sex, you'd have a, you'd have a baby. <laughs> well, there was a time. That's happened a lot back in the day. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so doesn't necessarily also, have to be that way anymore. <laughs> right. Sex was also created for pleasure. Yes. Mutual pleasure. And mutual pleasure, but also learning how to pleasure your own body. And you're right. Um, not every vagina breast is the same. And so it's, it's women out there thinking my man is supposed to know how to please me. Really? He was born that way, just knowing how I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be glib, but sometimes yeah, you just kind of have I to mean, laugh sometimes at our limiting beliefs. Right, but they think a whole is a whole. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. Everybody's body is somewhat different. Yes. So you need to understand your own body, explore it, know, know what you like, so you can explain it to your partner. So one great exercise, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's sensate focus. So the basic concept of sensate focus is that one person is, is laying there naked, the other partner is, is clothed or semi-clothed, and that partner touches the naked person from top to bottom, slow, okay? Um, but the touches can be hard touches, soft touches, feathers, whatever the case may be. And the partner that's laying there, and you start off slow, says what well, feels good. This feels good. This feels ticklish. I like it harder here. I like it there. That helps you get to know your partner's body. Excellent. Like a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, slow it down. You know, I've had some people like, oh, we did that. Now it's five minutes. No. <laughs> I said, just start here. <laughs> you can spend five minutes just on her scalp. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean by slowing it down. Yes. Yeah. 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 And as a couple, you decide when to give feedback, you know, and necessarily you have to give it feedback right then and there. You can do it the next day. But the point is not to have sex, but the point is to understand your partner's body. Oh, I like that. You know, we put so much effort into so many things in our lives and so little effort sometimes into things that matter the most. And exactly. I be I believe your partner in your relationship, and I and I say this whether you're straight or gay or it does it not matter to me. Intimacy is something between two human beings and right. in this particular, what we're talking about here uh, in the physical. And that's not something we're just born with all this knowledge. Right. And then when you add in the height, when you're truly intimate and you add in that higher power, it even makes it um, 10 times stronger. It's just a different. Yes. Uh, understand what I'm saying? 
Yes, I absolutely, sorry, I absolutely do. I'm just visualizing how I grew up again because people have always said I'm very fortunate. Despite some of the dysfunction in my family, we talked about money, which was weird for the 60s and 70s. So I came into life, probably why I ended up being an accountant at one point. Um, money was discussed and we were taught it and it wasn't a dirty subject like it was for a lot of Christians. And my parents were the ones that were always necking at the sink. It's like, we'd walk in, really? Get a room. <laughs> so it bugs you as a teenager, but as an adult- that's what I went looking for because that was my experience in my own home. My husband, my father was very affectionate. My mother was yes. tactile uh, and we, we saw it. So right. we expected it. Great for you. Awesome. Right. I mean, talk about lucky. And it wasn't until I married into my husband's family, one of the little cousins, one of my nieces, but the, all the cousins on that side, they said to me, did you know that the only people in our whole family that touches Auntie Shelley and Uncle Keith and it caught me that some 13-year-old would even notice it or comment on it. And then I started looking around at dinner parties and family reunions and Christmas. Right. And it was true. Yeah. And in many households, they didn't see that. And touch, it's one, it's the first sense. Because when we're inside of <laughs> we come out as babies, mm -hmm. but we touch. You know what I'm saying? That's how we grow grows we touch and, and they thrive against their mother's heartbeat yeah. and their body yes right so touch is so healing interesting touch is so healing when you put that skin to skin contact yes that can yes. calm people down i mean that's also why people get pets because you know the pets touch touch them you know rub up inside yeah <laughs> I have a husband that's love language is not touch. <laughs> and I have a dog that just lays right out along me, you know, in the morning and just like gets his right. lo her loves. And it's like, but that's just really, it's about me. She's been trained. Right, <laughs> I trained right. the dog, remember? And these the little fosters I have, same thing. As long as you hold them to you within a day right. or two, they're calm. Right. Right the down. dog isn't saying anything to you. Like giving you any, no, the dog isn't buying you gifts. It's that touching quality time. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, into our kind of last question I have for you, quality time, 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 time. We live in a world of massive distractions and busy, right. busy, busy. Um, I'm entering into a point of my life that I'm loving because I, I had an Akashic Records reading not too long ago. And one of the messages was, your grind is over now. Do, right. do what you do, but the grind is done. Like that's, okay. you did that, you bought your house, you, you've done all that in your life. Now right. it is expression and but I have a lot of neighbors and friends that are a little bit younger than Keith and I and they're still in that grind how do busy couples maintain a healthy sex life because I hear that's I'm too tired I don't have time right well, that one, escalates into other issues yeah number one um for many people they give 400 percent to a job yes you know they run around like nuts um, yes. And when they come home, they're on E and you're cheating your family because your family is going to be with you for the mm -hmm. rest of you. So you really have to learn how to give a hundred percent and have some energy for when you come home. So to get to save energy, whether that means you work out more because working out helps. Yep. So it's good food, uh, healthy food. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. It will definitely help. For busy couples, sometimes it's also, and I know people say this is like the worst, it takes away spontaneity, but you schedule it. Just like you schedule everything else in life, 
You schedule it, yes, yes. And there could be spontaneity in what you guys do. But you schedule that quality time. And when you the have time slot, time, you, you schedule and then let everything yes. else happen naturally, organically. Yes, yes. And when you have that quality time, that's with your husband, that's with your teenage kid, there's no phones. You know what I'm saying? We're going to repeat that for everyone. <laughs> There's no devices, no phones. Thank you. Right. That's a huge right. addiction for so many people these days. Yes, and yes, yes. And I know when um, my teenage, well, my daughter, she's grown now, but she called me out once. Mom, I thought you and I were spending time together. And so I realized, oh my gosh, I got to put my phone away. Yeah. But if you want your kids mm -hmm. to have spent quality time, your husband, you, you have to practice it yourself. Yes, absolutely. Right. That means being fully present. Right back to the beginning of how this all started. It just doesn't matter yeah. about all this, what the distractions are. It's about being present. Right, right. And finding different things to do. And for many couples, um, besides going out to eat, I think everybody does that. Um, if you're able, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even 70s, also go and do an activity. Yes. Sometimes, I mean, it's about play, you know, whether you guys play cards together, go to a musical show, go zip lining, you know, um, hiking, mm -hmm. whatever you guys do up in the, I'm here in the Canada. <laughs> yes, I know you're in Florida. Yes, that's something my husband and I really had to learn to practice at, although we've always enjoyed each other's company. But I had some physical limitations. I, I'm getting a new hip and, and there were things that were we were struggling with. I grew up camping. He did not. But a couple of years back, we bought a little RV. He wow. loves it. So yeah. we're just happy to go out in the RV, even if it's close to home with a fire pit and everything and the dog. And then, yeah, that's always when he's like in the camper. All right. It's time for a little loving. It's like, really? We're 10 minutes from home. Does it matter? There was no mindset for it at home. It just kind of, you know, that's where he gets relaxed. Yes. And it's our time. It, it doesn't, right. we don't need other people around. It's just our time. So I guess it's important for anyone just to find whatever that is for them, right? Do you encourage your clients to also understand over time that things do change? Oh, yes. Of and course. to accept well, that? Yeah. What I liked in the 20s, it's not maybe what I like now at all. You yeah, know, no fair. So enough. it is good to do those check ins and don't be upset if you like, um, because sometimes um, women change constantly. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes Keep the men to just catch up with us. Come on, we got another change. Yes, I didn't just change yeah. the living room furniture. There's some other stuff going on here. <laughs> yes, yes. And they're like, Cuddly, well, you used to like this. Why didn't you like this anymore? Well, we have different hormones and <laughs> yeah. it's a different day. You know, on Tuesday, I like something different. The, having that acceptance, I think, is really important. Uh, you've, your book is on Amazon Kindle, right? Yes. Yes. It's a seven book series on improving intimacy. Okay. So it's dealing with everything from intimacy with higher self and power and, and spouse all the way. And of course, it's one book just specifically on sex, but okay. all the intimacy within the community oh I like that I love that you cover so so much of that intimacy has the whole spectrum not just the sexual act right right so definitely check it out yes okay if you had one thing to leave our listeners with what would it be one piece of I don't know advice or a funny story just something that you feel is important and that that you would like to impart 
I would say it's being fully present. We only get one time on this earth. Mm -hmm. And so being fully present, and one thing I haven't said that I usually say a lot, being fully present and mindfulness means um, being in the exact moment, but also not judging. And I know many of us don't judge others, but what I'm also talking about is not judging yourself. Okay, you're a work in progress. So whatever you did when you're 20, 30, yesterday, um, if you made a mistake, I made a mistake, I'm gonna get better, I'm a work in progress. But not to beat yourself up because you cannot force yourself and it doesn't make sense for you to put yourself down no matter what, what the world says. That's not how I believe your higher power wants you to be. That's not how you should be. And when you have those negative thoughts about yourself, it impacts how you can feel love. Mm -hmm. It impacts how you show love. And when you have little ones and other people watching, it it can impact future generations. Yes. So the one I would say is not to say anything negative about yourself, no matter what. Your work in progress. Love it. I heard a counselor say the other day, because I fought coaching for a couple of years, even though I was trained and ready to go. But I thought, I don't have my life figured out. I you know, got into a lot of self-doubt. And a, and a counselor once said to me, Shelly, I think it was Jim Rohn or someone said, a three-year, a grade three-year to a grade seven-er is a god. <laughs> to a grade three-year, a grade seven-er is a god. Exactly. And you need to approach it from that work with people right. that haven't learned what you've learned and you just keep learning what you need to learn from the people that have already learned what you need to learn. Right. And don't, and don't be hard on yourself. Exactly. But sometimes we look at the younger version and the younger version did the best they could with what they had at that time. Yes. That's, and that's a, a very universal truth for ourselves, even looking at parents and other people in our lives, everyone right. just kind of does the best they can with what they've been given. Right. Exactly. Good for you. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. And everyone, I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.